this morning as I talk about the divine perspective on expansion and advancement, I want to start by saying that the will of God is not hidden from us. What God desires uh, to do for us is not hidden from us. God reveals it to us so clearly in scripture through his prophets, through the spirit, and through many other ways. And so the will of God is not hidden from us. If we do not know the will of God for our lives, it is because we have not sought the will of God. Hallelujah. But whenever we do the seeking, we will do the finding. Whenever we seek the will of God, we will find the will of God. So in the Bible, we see, as we read the Bible through the pages of scripture, we see how God works. From Genesis to Revelations, the Bible allows us to have a peek, a view into how God works and how God operates. One of the things we see is that the whole Bible is divided into seven dispensations. The whole Bible is divided into seven dispensations. Uh, currently, we are in the dispensation of grace. It started in the dispensation of innocence, where man was innocent. Uh, so Adam and Eve lived in the garden. They were innocent. And then later on, uh, because of sin, God brought in the dispensation of conscience. And after that, God introduced the dispensation of human government. Then after the, human, the dispensation of human government failed, God introduced the dispensation of of promise then after the dispensation of promise then god introduced the dispensation of the law under moses then after that dispensation when jesus came in john 1 17 uh he said uh the law came through moses but grace and truth came through jesus christ so he ushered us into that dispensation of grace this is where we currently are uh, finally at the millennium uh, when the world comes to an end we are going to be in the dispensation of the messiah's reign where the bible teaches that there are going to be a thousand years where the devil is going to be bound and the messiah will rule over the world for a thousand years this is before we actually go and live in heaven permanently and so there will be a thousand years where there will be no sickness, there will be peace, there will nothing, everything that the devil does will be removed from the earth. Praise God. And it will be a wonderful thousand years. Hallelujah. It will be a heaven on earth experience before actually heaven is, we, we are ushered into heaven in heaven. Amen. And so as we follow and as we see how God works, we see a progression because initially god wanted man to dwell at the level of innocence but then man sinned and so god had to introduce conscience but conscience was not enough so god had to introduce government government was not enough so god had to introduce the dispensation of promise the dispensation of promise began with abraham now every dispensation started with one individual one person and so in that we learn that god uses people to feather his plans god uses people to achieve his purpose and god can use you god can take you and god can 
can work through you that which is his will. Because once God takes hold of the life of a man, God will work through that person and God will perfect his will in the life of that person. Once God takes a hold of you, God now begins to work in you that which is his desire and that which is his design. And so uh, basically what we all need to do is to yield more and to open up more to God. Somebody say yield more and open up more to God. So the more we yield to God, the more we open up to God, the easier it is for the Lord to work through us. Now this dispensation of promise should not have begun with Abraham. It should have actually begun with Terah, Abraham's father. In the book of Genesis chapter 11, 31 to 32, the Bible talks about the journey of Terah. And the Bible says that Terah, the Bible says that this man Terah, he took Abraham, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, his son Abraham, wife and they went forth from El the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan and when they came to Haran they dwelt there. The original intent of this journey was that he was bound for Canaan. He was not going to Haran but when he got to Haran the Bible said he dwelt there. Somebody say he dwelt there. So the Bible said when he got to Haran he dwelt there. When he got here, instead of moving, he dwelt there. So the Bible teaches us in the next verse, verse 32, the number of days that he lived on earth. And the Bible said he lived for 205 years. For 205 years, he could have gone anywhere in the world. He could have done anything in the world, but he chose to stay in Haran. There are people listening to me this morning. There's a place God wants to move you all the days, all the years, all the life, all the energy, all the grace God has given you. It is so that God can take you from one point to another point. But basically what we do is that when we meet a place that we like, we become comfortable there and we stay in that place. As long as we are comfortable, God cannot bring us to the place of promise. If we are going to be like Abraham and arrive at the place of promise, what we need to do is to become uncomfortable with where we are and desire and believe God to move from where we are to where God has promised us. And so we see in the book of Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 4, once Terah died, God spoke to his son Abraham. He was not yet a covenant man. God made a covenant with him in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. This is the Abrahamic covenant, but I've added verse 3 to verse 4. God made a covenant with Abraham, which we call the Abrahamic covenant. Now look at the Abrahamic covenant. This is what it is. He says that now the Lord said to Abraham, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land I will show thee. I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and I'll make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. I'll bless them that bless thee and curse them him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken unto him and Lot went with him Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran when God called him he was not a young man but when God called him God called him not because of his age but because of what God could do for him and so God made a covenant with him and in the covenant we see three things the first one is God said I will lead you to a land 
That's number one. Number two, God said, I will bless you. I will make you great in that place. I'll I'll make your name great in that place. And then number three, God said, I will bless you in that place. And so here we see the covenant, three things involved in the Abrahamic covenant. Go to a place I will show you. I will make your name great. Number three, he said, I will bless you. Hallelujah. Now, as we look at the Abrahamic covenant, we begin to see a prototype. We begin to see a picture of how God has desired to expand us. How God has desired to advance us and to bring us to the place of our blessing. When God desired to expand Abraham, when God desired to advance Abraham, what God did is that God made him a promise. When God desires to expand you and advance you, he will do no less for you. He will do no more for you. What God did for Abraham is exactly what God would do for you. He will make you a promise. Now your ability to believe in the promise of God, to hold on to the promise of God, and to walk by the promise of God is what will determine what you get in your life. And so you can pray all you want, you can be in church all you want, you can be religious all you want, but if you can't receive the promise and live by the promise, God doesn't have anything to do with you. If you want to have an encounter, a covenant with God, you need to connect yourself to the promise of God. The moment you disconnect yourself from the promise of God, you have disconnected yourself from the will of God, from the plan of God, and from the power and provision of God. Once you are connected to the will of God, once you are connected to the promise of God, you are connected to the power of God and to the provision of God. Somebody say, I'm connecting myself to the promise. And so in the promise, we see three things. Let's work on them one after the other as we talk about divine expansion, the divine uh, uh, supernatural expansion and advancement, the divine perspective. Number one, we see God saying, I will lead you. I will lead you. We see God making a promise to Abraham and we see God saying to him, I will lead you. Tell your neighbor, God will lead you. And so this is the first promise God makes to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 verse 1. He said, go to the land I am going to show you. He said, I myself, I will go and I will show you the land. I like it in the book of Genesis chapter 17 when God appeared to Abraham and the Bible said the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I am the God, the Lord God Almighty. Walk thou before me and be ye perfect. He said, walk before me. Don't, he said, as you are walking, you are before me, but walk before me. I'm going to be leading you. You see, when a football team is playing, the coach is not on the field, but they are playing before the coach. Because they are playing according to the directives given to them by their coach. And so Abraham, what Abraham received, he received a promise from God that I will direct you. What God has promised us this month, next month, in the month of November and in the month of December is that if we are, will allow ourselves, he will direct us. He will lead us. If we will allow, he will lead us. If we will not, he will lead somebody else. He had wanted to lead Terah, but when Terah got to Haran, 
it seems he got tired it seems he was enjoying Haran so he said let me just dwell here but Abraham at the age of 75 at the ripe age of 75 he believed God he said if you lead I will follow if you can follow the leading of God God is going to start something entirely new with you if you can follow the leading of God something that has not before been seen in your family God is going to make that thing to exist in your life if you can follow the leading of God God will take you to places you have not even dreamed about there's somebody listening all you need to do is to make up your mind I will not follow my own plans I will not follow my own desires from today I will follow the leading of God I feel preachy this morning, but I have to humble myself and teach this morning because there are things God wants me to share with you this morning. You see, in the leading of God, in the leading of God, we see number one, his commitment to Abraham. He is committed to Abraham that I will not abandon you to your own devices. If you will listen to me, if you will follow me, I will do the leading. Praise the Lord. Now, I, I, I spoke to a gentleman this past week and he said to me, I, I asked him, he told me about his wife who had delivered and I, I asked him, is that your first child? He said, no. I have two already. This is my third. I said, oh, okay. I thought, um, when he said uh, third child, I actually had ten. So I said, hey, ten. And then he said to me, Pastor, I ten Omo. And I said, Omo, Oye Kra. And then he said to me, Na Pastor, any more Baba Boshawa. And I said, yes. Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor. All you need to do is to make the investment. If you can make the right investment, you can make the right redrawer. You don't put money in your bank account. How are you going to take money in there? You have 10 bank accounts spread. Every bank in Ghana, you have an account there. How are you going to get money out of it? And you are not putting anything in there. Praise the Lord. The right investment. Tell your neighbor the right investment. And so, what? I mean, so I asked him for 10 children. Do you have enough money to take care of them? Oh, man, show him one and I'm going to show you why. You see, that's the mistake our parents made. That's why there's so much poverty. Like in a country like Ghana, those of you who have traveled a little, you, you see that Ghana is a very rich country. There's no need for poverty to be in Ghana. Every one of us in Ghana should be living right, enjoying life because we have land, we have water, we have mineral resources. Ghana is so blessed. There should be more than enough for everybody. But the thing is that we have not made the right investment. If you live in a country like South Africa, once you are a citizen, you have a right to a housing loan. I mean, look at how we work hard to build houses. How many people in Ghana do you know who have houses? The average Ghanaian is a renter. Once you build one logo, logo line, we are going to come One logo, logo line that you build in 30 years. And it's just three, one logo, logo line rooms. Praise the Lord. Somebody say mercy. And so God is not like African parents or irresponsible parents. God is committed and he said, I'm going to lead you. Tell your neighbor, God is committed to leading. He said, I will take you through every step of the way. I myself will make sure I go ahead of you. Now, I'm going to share with you three reasons why God must lead you this, this month. Number one, 
The first reason why God must lead you is because of your personal capacity. The first reason why God must lead you is because of your personal capacity. I chanced across this scripture in the book of uh, Genesis, which I want to share, is going to be a great eye-opener for you. Let's start from Genesis 33. Let's start from verse number 13. Verse 13 and 14. Now, when Jacob went to his uncle Laban's house, he was blessed. When he was coming back, he was met by his brother Esau. And Jacob made this statement, which I want you to look at, so that it will help you to understand why God must lead you. When Jacob met Esau, Esau was so excited, so he wanted them to journey at once and go back home and go and celebrate and go and rejoice. And this is what Jacob said to his brother Esau. He said to him, my Lord knoweth that the children are tender and the flocks and the heads are with young with me and if men shall overdrive them one day or the flock they will die let my lord i pray pass over before his servant i will lead on softly according as the cattle that goeth before me and the children be able to endure until i come unto my lord and said he said I will come to you, but because my children are with me, and some of the cattle also have young, if I overdrive them, or if I force them, they will die. He said, if I force them, they will die. So allow me, I can't drive them in one day, so allow me to lead them softly, according as they can bear. Now, so we see that God leads us the same way. God leads us according as we can bear. God is very patient. So, if in a whole month, he can lead you for two days. Two days, you are going from this point to that point, And two days will get you into two boxes. One, two. And you get tired for the month. God will stop. Then in the month of October, when you are ready again, God will start from the box where you stop. And God will start leading you one, two. If you can go three steps that month, God will leave you there. If you get tired, he'll wait till the month of November. And so many of us in the year where we want to get to, we cannot get there because if God forces us, it will actually kill us. And so God will lead us gently. Now, God leads us because of our capacity. Now, it's like, I remember when I was in primary school, there was an eating competition in school. And there was this little boy in our school. His senior brother was in the competition. And he was very big. And they always used to say he, he could eat more than his brother. So he wanted to challenge his brother that day. They brought Kinky, Accra Kinky, hot one. They made it very hot. We were in primary school. I think maybe we were in class six. And he was maybe in class three. Yeah. And so they brought hot Kinky, hot pepper, no fried fish. And as soon as, I mean, as many balls of kinky as you desire. So he ordered for three kinkies. His senior brother ordered for two. And in a short time, this small boy quickly swallowed all the three balls. Oh, boom, half, not that for Moko, no, I mean, pa, no, I mean. Then, the moment he finished, so he did this in like maybe, maybe six, maybe ten seconds, I don't know. He was very fast. Then the moment the thing touched his stomach, now, he said, ah, then he vomited everything. He was so fast to eat it, but he couldn't retain it. Now, his senior brother, who believed he could eat more than his small brother, he was taking it small, small. 
slowly, gently. He finishes two balls. He ordered for another ball. Slowly. He ordered for a fourth ball. Then we lifted him. Yeah! Because he was following according to his capacity. You see, many of us, we think we can do more than we can do. If God allows us, we'll go into a marathon race. I never forget my little brother one morning disappeared from the house. We didn't know where he was. The whole day, we didn't know where he was. Those days, there were no mobile phones. We searched every relative's house. We didn't find him. Then in the evening, when I was going for, um, um, what's it called? Um, ooh, I was a massive. I was going for rehearsal. When I was going for rehearsal, I met him lying there at the Adisada Sakura Park. Lying there. Gasping for breath. And my little brother was a very fat person. So I said, hey, now He said, they did a marathon in Cape Coast. And he went, I say, you, marathon. That boy had no strength. He had no energy. Very fat boy. They used to call him Lactogen Baby. Very fat boy. And he went for a marathon. Now, he thought that he could run. He couldn't. And he went in the race and he nearly killed himself. There are many of us we think once, I mean, during a fashion, you see cars coming into town, you see some girls driving some things, you see some boys driving something. You think you have the capacity to drive it. Try and see. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, try and see. And so, because of our capacity, God must lead us. We think we have the capacity, we don't. If you see somebody go underwater for 10 seconds, it looks very simple. Try it. If you see somebody go underwater for 20 seconds, oh, I can do it. Try it. And so God leads us because of our personal capacity. Now, if God doesn't lead us, what we will do is that we will overdrive ourselves and we will destroy ourselves. We have ambitions. We want to arrive quickly. We want to make it. We want to have everything. We want to enjoy everything. And God knows all of that. And so he's leading us according as we can bear but we want it quickly. And so God said, no, I have to lead you myself or you will destroy yourself. Number two, God leads us because of the consequences that will come to us if we go by ourselves. Here again, we see another scripture in the book of Exodus chapter 23. In Exodus chapter 23, God is talking to them through Moses about conquering the promised land, the land of Canaan. And so in verse number 28 to verse number 30, God begins to share with Moses how to tell the people how they are going to enter in and possess the promised land. And so God starts saying, I will send my hornet and they will go ahead of you and they will drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, the Hivite, they will drive them out. He said, I will drive them out from before you. Go, verse 29. He said, I will drive them out from before you in one year. He said, Sorry, I will not drive them out from before you in one year. Lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply ahead of you. Now God said, I'm going to send the hornet. Now actually, if you do a study, those of you who have the NIV Bible, if you do a study on that word hornet, they are confused. They don't know whether it is a stinging wasp. They don't know what it is. And so they believe, they have concluded that it was a terror that God sent ahead of them. A terror, a mysterious terror, a divine providence to clear the land for them. But even though God was sending this providence, God said, I will not do it in one year. And he explains why. He said, if I 
do that in one year, the land will become desolate and the wild animals will become too numerous for you. Look at verse number 30. He said, so in verse number 30, he said, but by little and little, I will drive them out from before you until thou be increased and inherit the land. God said, if I don't go before you, if I don't lead you, you can quickly drive out all the inhabitants, but you, you are not many, and the land is too big. And so, when the land becomes empty, because nature abhors a vacuum, wild animals will come and be your next door neighbors. When we start going without God, demons become our next door neighbors. There's going to be so much emptiness in our life that the devil can attack whenever he wants. There are many people who have satisfied themselves to live a life without the leading of God. And what do we get when we live without the leading of God? We come to a place where we are surrounded by so many problems. We are surrounded by so many wild animals and wild beasts. I pray that from this morning, God will begin to lead your steps. Instead of wild beasts for neighbors, I pray that you will have human beings for neighbors because God himself will lead you and God himself will direct you. Somebody scream, lead me, Lord. The next reason why God must lead us is because this is the order. This is the order. We must not break the protocol. We must not break the order. The Bible said in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 9, he will guide the steps of his saints and the wicked will be silent in darkness. The Bible said, for by flesh shall no man prevail. So God is the one who guides the feet of the saints. As many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans 8 14. And so that is the order. God is the one that does the leading and we do the following. We cannot break the order because by strength shall no man prevail. If you break the order and try to prevail in your own strength, you're going to find out you don't have enough. You don't have what it takes to prevail on your own. Tell your neighbor you don't have it. And so follow the order. And so God makes a commitment and God says, I'm going to lead you. And so we see in the Bible, God leading Abraham. We see in the Bible, God leading the nation of Israel. When they went through the wilderness for 40 years, he was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He protected them when they met snakes. God protected them when they met enemies. God protected them. Whatever trouble they met, God protected them. If you can commit this day that I'm going to follow God's plan of expansion. Your commitment is to follow God's commitment to lead you. And if you can follow that commitment of God to lead you by making a personal commitment, I'm telling you, you will arrive at the place of expansion. God wants to lead you this man. God wants to direct you this man. How does God lead us? He leads us by his word and he leads us by the spirit. He leads us by the voice of the prophet. And so as you follow the leadings of God, these are the main areas through which God leads us. If you follow the word of God, if you follow the spirit of God, if you follow the voice of the prophet, God is going to lead you and he will bring you to the place of abundance. It is God's desire to bring you to the place of prosperity. Some Psalm 35 27 says he has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant I see God rejoicing when you arrive at the place of your promise I see God rejoicing when you get that 
testimony. I see God rejoicing when you get that breakthrough. I see God so excited and so happy. And I see God telling everybody about you. He says, have you heard about my daughter Olivia? Have you heard about my son Mark Abeka? I'm doing so and so and so in their life. I'm lifting them. I'm honoring them. I'm exalting them. They are doing so well. They are so blessed. There's so much peace in their life. As the Lord leads you, I see God boasting about you. I see God bragging about you. This man, God wants to lead you. Can you lay your hands on yourself and say, Lord, lead me. I'm going to follow. And this was the said. This was the this was the uh, this was the principle that was taught to young Samuel, where Eli taught him to say, Master, speak, thy servant hear it. We must always be at the point of receipt so God can lead us, so we can follow. I pray for this church, I pray for your family, I pray for your business, I pray for every area of your life that this month of September may the Lord lead you there is a way that seemed right unto a man but in the end it leads to the paths of death if God does not do the leading you are going to drive yourself and kill yourself but when God leads you God will lead you by still waters he will lead you by grass that is green he will lead you into abundance and plenty God will lead you into peace and satisfaction God will lead you into wealth and honor you will never regret following God you will never regret following the leading of God who knows the way better than the one that created the world you see Google has a map and whenever you get lost Google can show you well one day we were driving my wife and myself from Kumasi and we got lost and so we consulted Google Maps and when we looked on the map well the map told us that we were somewhere and so when we read on the map I said to my wife no this town is not here this town is at the other side it is nowhere here because when i look at the name or oh, that is on the map and i know that place i've been there it is at the other side of town and as we were looking as we were driving we found out that there was a place in that area the name was very close to that other area and so they had made a mistake in spelling and they had put the wrong name on the map Google does not have the answer. Jesus has the answer. If you can consult Jesus more than you consult Google, you are going to get the answers. Some of us think that the world knows all of it, but the world doesn't have all the answers. There are specialist doctors who die in areas where they themselves have specialized. But when God is your doctor, there is nothing that God does not know. In the month of September, there's somebody in this sanctified house. There's somebody that will listen after September on radio or on a CD and God will lead you if you can allow God he will lead you I see him bringing you into abundance I see him bringing you into plenty David said here though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I shall not fear it is not about where you are walking it is about the compass you have if you have the right compass you can navigate through rough areas and find yourself in the right place there's somebody in this auditorium you are lost you don't know where you are don't worry if you can consult the word of God if you can consult the spirit of God if you can receive the voice of the prophet God is leading you God is leading you somebody scream lead me Lord